STEM Everyday Podcast. Putting STEM into the classroom. Hi there, and welcome to a special edition of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Woods, and as always, we look for ways to add STEM to the class and, and encourage it in your students and kids. And this time, we have a special edition where Marion Leary, as part of our Steamrollers podcast, will be interviewing some of the people that make woe grammars. And you're going to find out about that right now. Welcome to the first episode of Steamrollers, a new segment of the STEM Everyday Podcast, where we will feature women who are paving the way in science, technology, engineering, art, and math discussing their work in a way that makes it accessible to the everyday listener. I'm your host, Marion Leary. Today I'm talking with Zainab Ghazali and Erin Summers, founders of the project Wogramer, highlighting amazing women engineers and breaking stereotypes one story at a time. I'm really excited to have you both on the segment. Thanks, we're happy to be here. Yeah, it's really exciting. Thank you for doing this. Well, again, thanks for... Uh, joining me. So um, to begin, can you describe the Woe Grammar um, project and talk about why you decided to create it to highlight women engineers? Yeah, so uh, this is Zainab. Last summer, late summer, we were talking about how there is a lack of positive role models in the media around women in tech, especially women engineers. Uh, Most of the stories that we did find uh, discussed very heavily what the biases are, uh, which we don't deny. But there's also this vast vast, uh, group of people uh, with amazing experiences and doing just like really great things in tech who are women engineers. And so we wanted to focus on also like the positivity and the fact that women are out there in this field and doing great things and just highlight the technical accomplishments. And so that's why we started Woe Grammar, is to break the stereotype around what it's like to be an engineer, and especially a female engineer. That's great. And for those who aren't familiar with um, engineering and or computer science, can you explain that field a little? Sure. So engineers are builders. We build all sorts of things. Uh, mechanical engineers build um, like robots, cars. Uh, electrical engineers can build computers or electrical systems. Um, computer scientists build software for computers. Industrial engineers um, they build like you you know more about this than me. That they how would you succinctly say? Industrial engineers, it's, it's so diverse, but like one yeah. of the things you could do in industrial engineering is do like supply management yeah. and look at, you know, in a warehouse and in a factory, like how do operations work and how do we optimize that flow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nuclear engineering, they build and work at nuclear plants, um, power engineers work at other types of power plants, there's uh, chemical engineers, tons and tons of types of engineers. So basically, like at the heart of it, you're just you're building something, you're making something better, you're moving technology forward. And what type of engineer are you both? Uh, this is Erin. I have a PhD in electrical engineering, computer science, and my day-to-day job is a software engineer, where I work on Android at Facebook. Nice. And Senna, uh, I have a double master's in industrial engineering and computer science, and I'm currently doing software engineering at Facebook. 
How long have you both been working as engineers at Facebook? We actually started at the same time at Facebook a little over two years ago. How did you both become interested in engineering and also uh, the work that you're currently doing? In my case, um, I always enjoyed math and science in high school. Um, not that that's required by any means to be an engineer. Um, and I, I had an interest in making robots, so in high school I taught myself, I made my first robot, a line-following robot, and that inspired me to get my uh, undergrad in electrical and computer engineering at NC State. I did a lot of robotics there. I built an underwater robot that was really cool for that did like this obstacle course for this competition every year. And then uh, that I wanted to learn more about the math behind robotics, so I went to Berkeley for my PhD and I got into um, more like applied math, um, more uh, theory and basically I worked at NASA a little bit when I was in grad school and I ended up doing uh, sort of like theoretical aerospace engineering, different type of type of engineering, so for like airplanes and spaceships. Um, so that's a brief summary of how I got to where I am. And, I, and then I and then I want, decided that I wanted to do more um, software engineering and mobile development. So I taught myself Android, and that's how I ended up at Facebook. Nice. I, I, just so you know, I'm totally geeking out on your uh, resume at this point. <laughs> building building robots and working for NASA is pretty cool. Oh, thanks. Uh, for me, yeah, for me, I was always interested in computers. Uh, since I first heard about uh, computers and the Internet, I was just extremely fascinated. Uh, I grew up in India, and I didn't have uh, a lot of access to computers and Internet uh, back in the 80s when I was growing up. Uh, but whatever little I did, and whenever I could find a chance, like that's just what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. So I really enjoyed computers. Uh, but while I was growing up, I always saw it as a hobby. Like, I just felt like engineering wasn't, like, my thing. Like, I had the stereotype of how engineers are, and I didn't, I didn't think that I would fit that lifestyle. So although I was completely wrong about my stereotype that I had in my head, um, I went on to get a, a degree in chemistry and nutrition. So that was what I did in my undergrad. And I did research at uh, Charité, which is the largest university hospital in Europe, uh, for a year, I studied acupuncture, music therapy, um, the effects of like depression um, on like cardiovascular diseases and so on. And after my research years, I moved on to working in public health. I worked for this nonprofit based in Philadelphia, and I helped manage their operations in six different countries. While I was working uh, there, I started seeing the big impact that computers and technology was playing in people's lives. And I figured like if I ever had to have to, and like do something that is like impactful and reach like millions of people. Uh, technology is where I wanted to be. So um, yeah, I ended up getting a master's in computer science, industrial engineering, like I said, and uh, started doing a lot of hackathons, which are these programming competitions where you sit and sit with a team and you build something uh, overnight or like during the course of a day or three days, uh, depending on the hackathon. So I won both the hackathons. Uh, for Wisconsin, um, which was sponsored by Facebook. So as part of that, I got an opportunity to interview at Facebook and uh, came here for an internship, absolutely loved it. Uh, that really helped break my stereotype that I had in my mind about what it's like to be an engineer. And when I came here and I did those three months of my internship, I absolutely loved it. 
So I returned full time. I was looking at your Twitter profile and I saw one of your descriptors as badass, which I really love. I love that um, you had that on there. And from what I can tell, you're definitely representing that because I definitely think all women are badasses. Um, but why do you have that on your Twitter profile? I guess it's just because that's how I like feel. And also it was something that I shied away from as, you know, when I was growing up because the stereotype around me for the girls was like, you know, you're soft-spoken and obedient, and especially growing up in India and as a minority. Um, that, those were the expectations. And I don't think it was like wrong or to say like, you know, there's a bias, uh, but that's just the culture that I grew up in. And so I always shied away from like things like badass or like, you know, kick-ass or like, you know, bold, confident, like just these things that are associated with power and confidence, which I felt like if I associate myself with that, like I would not be liked by my peers in high school or, you know, in college. So it wasn't until like much later on, I just felt comfortable in my shoes and like really accepting of myself and identified as like, yeah, I feel like a badass. So like I should own it. I love that. And she is. She is a badass. I can attest. <laughs> it, it sounds like you're both pretty badass to me. Um, so I, I have a nine-year-old daughter who is interested in um, science and also interested in computers. And I asked her, she had a question for you guys, what would it be? And so she wanted to know your thoughts on Minecraft. Specifically, oh <laughs> she struggles with feeling like Minecraft is for boys. She wanted to go to summer camp for Minecraft, but because she thinks it's for boys, she doesn't want to go. And so, you know, what do you say to girls who feel like they can't do these sorts of things because, you know, it's quote unquote a boy thing? Hmm. So I think that Minecraft is actually, you know, there's a lot of, you can be so creative with it. Um, I know I know girls and boys who do both do Minecraft. Um, you know, but to just like if she's feeling excluded, I think just, you know, just try to like exude confidence in her and if she's actually being excluded or feels discriminated against, then, you know, teach her to stand up for herself and remind her what she loves about it and like nobody can take that away from her if she's passionate about this and um focus on what makes her happy and what she likes creating and if boys are being mean to her or anything like that then that'll all fade away if she just keeps her eyes on her passions and just like find out what she's passionate about and just go for it full force and don't let anything stop her nice and is that what you both have done it sounds like I it I didn't do that when I was growing up. I, like I said, you know, I loved computers, but I, again, had this bias and stereotype of like what it's like to be an engineer. And I didn't think like I would fit in. And you know, I, the only reason why I didn't do, didn't take up engineering in college was because I felt like, you know, I would be isolated. It was like more like a guy's thing. And, you know, what would I do there? Uh, so I completely like avoided what I was most passionate about and now I'm doing exactly what I'm most passionate about. I think like I just feel more confident and happy now than I ever have. I took my first coding class in um, this like nerdy kids uh, like after school program uh, using logo and it was a mix of boys and girls and I never felt like it was a boy thing or a girl thing. It was just fun and um, you know I have 
three sisters, and my dad's a computer scientist as well, so I think he was excited that I was excited <laughs> about things that he was excited. So he always encouraged me, and my mom and dad are awesome parents. They always encouraged me to just follow my passions, and that's what I always did, and um, I just, you know, I just ignore anybody that stands in my way from that. Well, and one of the reasons I really like Woe Grammar is because it shows the variety of STEM fields and, um, or rather engineering fields that women can get into. And so when I was looking at the profiles of the women and seeing the women not only from who work at Amazon and Facebook and Twitter, et cetera, but also undergrad students, PhD students, and women in startups, um, it's really inspiring. I guess my question for you is, what was the driving force behind the diversity and who you featured? How did you decide who you wanted to be in your project? Was there um, was there a specific story you were trying to tell? The, the, like overall, the story we're trying to tell is that you can be an engineer anywhere in the world, um, in any country, and all types of different engineers. You can be working at Facebook, or you can be working like in a bank in Charlotte, North Carolina, doing software engineering. You can you can have just quit your job and want to start learning to code, or you can be the CEO of a company and have been in the industry for 30 years. So to just like highlight where women are at, um, and just to like bring the most diverse audience in terms of who we interview and their jobs and their backgrounds, um, just to reach as many people as possible because people are, um, stories are important and uh, stories speak to people louder if they feel camaraderie with the people who are telling the story. You mentioned telling a story. When I first saw your blog site, um, I was struck by the photographs and the visual arts aspect. The photos highlight the women, but they also have a very artistic side to them. What role does art play in the World Grammar Project? Um, I love taking photos, and this is actually uh, part of the reason I wanted to do World Grammar, is I wanted to uh, just take more photos of people and uh, see if I could draw out um, their personality and, and photographs. Um, so this is I, I'm I'm kind of picky about the photos. So I I, uh, I take a lot of photos of the women and I and or we request we have like a a ten point tip document if we need them to outsource the photo. But it's definitely important I think to to also have a a really good photo so that people will engage with it. That really like you know, projects like this positive image of women. I absolutely agree. And I wonder, um, Woe Grammar has been mentioned um, in a variety of magazines, so Fortune Magazine, um, Misrepresentation, and also by Chelsea Clinton. Why do you think it's been so well received? I think it's because it's truly the first time that somebody has come out and focused on the positive aspect and like the positivity and highlights uh, women's technical accomplishments. Most of the stories uh, that you see in media, um, unfortunately, focus way too much on, you know, all the bad things or the bias. And I thought to myself, you know, as a 10-year-old or even a 15-year-old reading these magazines, 
I would not be motivated to become an engineer. Like I would be like, actually like, oh, this just doesn't sound like a very appealing job when it really is. It's one of the best jobs. Like it's amazing. The flexibility, the hours, it's it's a great career. Um, and the fact that we are doing that and we are the first to come out and do this openly um, with such a diverse group of women, I think that's been one of the key factors uh, for people to relate to it as well as for others to spread the world, uh, the word about it because there are so many articles right now that focus on more like the negative mm-hmm. stuff than right. focusing on yeah. women's technical accomplishments. And where where do you see the project going? Are you going to continue to highlight women? Is there a, a set number of people, women you want to highlight? No, I think we just want to continue telling the stories and expand as we go. I mean, our mission at the end of the day is to uh, break these stereotypes and have like more positive stories in the media. And we are just getting started. That's so great. If um, our listeners wanted to find out more about Woe Grammar, um, where can they go? Where can they look? They can go to Facebook, Twitter, Medium, and Instagram, and the handle's the same. It's Woe Grammar, W-O-G-R-A-M-M-E-R. That's great. Um, Zanab and Erin, I want to thank you so much for being on our podcast, and um, it has been really enjoyable to listen to your stories and be inspired by the work you do. So thank you very much. Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. So what a great uh, interview there, Marion, with uh, Zanab and and Aaron. A couple of things that really stood out to me just listening to them, talking about confidence and how important confidence is for uh, girls uh, looking at becoming women in, in the STEM fields. Yeah, absolutely. I was just listening to another podcast um Desert Island Discs, and they were interviewing a woman in academia and in science, and she's been doing it for decades now. And the one thing she says is that women have to speak up first. They have to be confident. confident. They have to make their presence known in the, in the classroom and um, in academia. And it all comes back to just being a strong, confident woman. And yeah. and Aaron and Zanab are definitely that. They are really helping to break the stereotypes that they talk about of women engineers. Yeah, I, I, I their their uh, profile picture on on Twitter is, is pretty cool. The two of them sitting behind some uh, some computers with their Red Bulls in the air, and and uh, they're 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 not your uh, your uh, they're I don't know they're not in dresses and high heels. I guess you could say. Um, yeah, they are living, they're living their own um, statement of breaking stereotypes. And, you know, I talked about it with Zanab on the show, but, you know, one of her Twitter handles is that, you know, badass. And they're really trying to make that, you know, a connotation of strong, confident women in STEM. And then another thing that I really liked listening, Erin was talking about um, how her parents en- encouraged her, and her dad was really happy when his daughters were were looking at becoming engineers and stuff. And how cool it is that parents really are that that front line, even in in helping to break some of those stereotypes as well. Oh, for sure. I have a nine year old daughter, and I, I talked about this as well. She really is interested in Minecraft and like computers and 
she doesn't know about computer science and computer engineering yet, but she's really interested in how all that works. And she honestly did not want to go to summer camp for Minecraft because she thought it was all boys. And as a parent and as a female, um, very vocal about STEM, um, you know, I had to talk to her about how, you know, women can do anything that men can do in STEM fields. And it's not just for boys. It's also for girls. And she should feel like she can do that if that's what she wants to do. And I think it does take the parents um, sometimes to really give that encouragement um, for anything, but especially right now in STEM fields. So great. Some uh, great thoughts in that interview. And um, definitely check out Woe Grammars and, and figure out some ways to maybe share their story and, and what they're doing with your classrooms and your kids. And as always, thanks for listening to the, the STEM Everyday podcast and, uh, and the Steamroller segment. And definitely look forward uh, and look for more Steamroller segments here on these podcasts. And as always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. And check out all the podcasts on RemarkableChatter.com. You're listening to this podcast on the SDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com. Mm-hmm.